When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brandon Vogel's with us from Counter Read, counterread.com at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. It's where you find him. And uh, we have all sorts of recruiting and Riola and volleyball things to talk with Vogues. Vogues, how are we doing this morning? Thanks for jumping on with us. I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me. How about the week for you as you've observed Nebraska football, the twists, the turns, quarterback drama, the news this morning, or the, uh, the 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 feel that you're going to be able to keep Kalen in the boat, the looming uh, Nebraska fans hope announcement by Riola, and oh yeah, uh, you can go take Bevo down tomorrow afternoon. <clears throat> yeah, for a team that's done playing football for 2023, there sure was a lot of football football goings ons this week, <laughs> which <clears throat> is is good. Um, and if you told me that in September, like. Nebraska is not going to have a ton of guys enter the transfer portal, but uh, a mid-December week is going to be one of the, the news heaviest weeks that there is. I would have thought something went very wrong. Um, and I guess, you know, <laughs> there's still technically everything's still up in the air. I, you could say that the Kyle McCord courting maybe went wrong uh, or whatever happened there. But uh, to Elijah's point, <clears throat> I think uh, Nebraska needs two quarterbacks in this quote unquote class. Um, yeah. And whether that's a, a transfer plus a freshman, or if you're looking at two freshmen, two true freshmen, um, I think that's, that's the minimum what Nebraska needs. And it looks like they're going to hit it. So um, I guess we'll, we'll just wait on official word, but things are, things are looking okay. Brandon Vogel is with us on uh, the Hale varsity weekend edition. As we talked the flip for uh, Dylan Ray Ola's, it appears imminent. It's not official. Pierce imminent. He's on his official visit this weekend. Um, now let's um, let's kind of put that into perspective. I was trying to explain it to somebody who is not a Husker, an ardent Husker fan or follower, and I was just trying to explain how significant it is for the fan base to experience this, and how significant of a recruiting win this is. And this is just what pops to mind. I just want to see where you're at with this. The closest comp I can think of is Tommy Frazier, 91, where as soon as that happened, the collective fan base kind of knew, even though we didn't follow recruiting that much, like that one just hit way different. And it's like everybody just kind of knew like, oh, P.O. might have just gotten his guy. And the legend wow, of Tommy the, Frazier. And it's just sort of like, woo, all the other pieces are kind of there. There's There's some good pieces there, like, it felt significant. Like you knew how significant it was. I feel like this is in that same universe. How, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I will cop to uh, not following recruiting all that closely in 1991. Now I've heard a lot of stories since then about that Tommy Frazier recruitment. And I mean, <clears throat> you know, part of it with him was like, all of Nebraska's like most immediate rivals, and this was a different era for Nebraska football, but like Colorado's in the mix, Oklahoma's in the mix, sort of. You, you had Clemson, you had the Florida schools. It was a it was a high profile recruiting battle, 
And, you know, Nebraska at that stage was kind of going through its like little late 80s, early 90s bowl swoon. Um, mm. but, but you still felt it was kind of like that one kind of signature piece away. Um, and, and Tommy Frazier kind of looked like that coming out of high school. So Riola would be, um, I mean, depending on how, how in the weeds you want to get with like projections and numbers and recruiting rankings. I mean, Nebraska doesn't sign players like this um, that are as, as highly rated as he is. And yeah, there's a, there's a direct link to him that, that gets Nebraska in the door there, but you kind of can't, can't argue with that piece of it and you go back and, and look at the five-star quarterbacks. There, there are only a couple of them each, each year. And, and yeah, there's, there's a couple of flame outs every now and then, but for the most part, these guys end up being pretty good. Vogues, you also had a number with five star and then true freshman starts. I think yeah, you pulled this up Thursday, reset that uh, with just how difficult it is to to come in and thrive. I mean, we we very rarely do you go become day one guy. Uh, Tommy Frazier, Trevor Lawrence, your two recent and nostalgic examples of true freshmen that started and went on to win national championships, not their freshman year, but they went two for four. All right. On championships. Uh, and it took till game six for both of them to start. Uh, there's a chance that Riola, once he flips, has a good shot of winning the job. Uh, what's the quarterback room look like now? Riola, presumably uh danny kalen in uh not going to michigan state this weekend chaba I mean, is are, are those your three guys probably um i mean it, it sounds a little bit overzealous and to, to say like based on on recruiting rankings and high school film and all the stuff with Riola, but I really think if he commits, he's, he's Nebraska's best quarterback. Um, like that's kind of what being a five-star, that's kind of the expectation there, fair or not. And you never really know until you see how they, how they come in and, and adjust to, to the college game. That said, Dylan's had a very unique kind of upbringing in the sport of football, just with all of the kind of, access and advantages that his dad's NFL career was able to provide. So that should, should help him along. But to, to the point of, you know, five-star quarterbacks, even if Dylan is like what, what you would expect a five-star quarterback to be right away since 2018. So past six recruiting classes, there've been 25 star quarterbacks. Three of them have started like early in their freshman year, Dante Moore at UCLA, this year, kind of half in, half out. He was the starter, but Chip didn't want to make him the full-time starter. So it was weird. The NIL, like there's rumors that that got messed up with him. So he's in the transfer portal now. He was, he was okay. Um, he, you know, he was a guy who had about as many interceptions as he did uh, touchdowns, which is, you know, something you always worry about with freshmen, just making that adjustment. Then you, you've got some guys like Caleb Williams that kind of, emerged mid-season but really it's it's more and then you got to go all the way back to 2018 when trevor lawrence and, and clemson started kelly bryant 
at the start of that year, but it was playing both guys. And, and eventually like it was just apparent that Lawrence was, was the better quarterback. He's like the one where you can say, yep, five-star came in absolutely as good as advertised, still as good as advertised in the NFL. Um, it's like the dream scenario. He had a top 10 QBR as a true freshman in, in the country. The other guy to start that year was JT Daniels, who eventually played at four different schools. So wow. just four. Yeah, just four, I think. Oh, but maybe it was only three. Maybe only three. USC, Georgia, Rice. No, four. West, West Virginia. West Virginia, yeah. Jeez, played at four different schools. Um, you know, and as you look ahead to the – I'm not sure that you – well, in fact, I know. We can't sit here and say it's going to be Rayola, it's Rayola's job to lose week one, right? Like, it's just – you know, that's not possible. Um, however, it's it also one of those – job to win. I mean, I, I look at it that way. I just good luck, right? It, it just the the adjustment, high school to college. I just think Purdy Purdy is in the driver's seat still, in my opinion. Here, here's, Real, here's, and I think it lights a fire under him. Think, think of, if you're Purdy, real quick. Think yeah. if you're Purdy, how much your situation has changed just in the last <laughs> like two months, right? Like yeah. before, you were the afterthought third stringer. It was Jeff Sims' job, like in early September. That's where it was, and you were injured. And now you're gonna. You know, it just wasn't your thing. All of a sudden, you have ascended to being the starter, first of all. And now you're the starter with the guy, Sims, who was ahead of you, out of the way. Heinrich, somewhat limited as a quarterback, kind of out of the way. Now you got a five-star coming in. Now you're the front runner, though, right? You're still the front runner. And how, how is he going to act as that guy where he's got somebody nipping at his heels now? I, after getting a taste of some playing time last year, looking pretty comfortable, I – I'd be more than fine if Chubba was able to secure that job with Dylan coming in and playing some spot duty, learning on the job. I mean, isn't that the ideal the, the, scenario? The, the thing, though, is to me, this situation reminds me, there's two I look back on in, in Husker history, both of them within the past 15 seasons, where you have a guy on the roster you know about, you have a new guy coming in that's got all the buzz. I think back to that Zach Lee, Cody Green, Taylor Martinez quarterback competition of uh, 2010, 2010, where exactly everyone saw what exactly was 2009. Is well, he let him do a, a Big 12 title game, like he he's got to be in the driver's seat. But everyone had heard so much about this young Taylor Martinez, how athletic he was, the plays he was making on scout team as a red shirt. His red shirt season comes in and wins the starting job that year, and I think a lot of people saw that one coming because of what you heard about him and, and who he was. And then you look to to Taylor Martinez competing against a guy in. And Tristan Jebbia back at the beginning of Scott Frost's tenure. Where Adrian Martinez. What did I, did I say, Taylor? Yeah, you did. Uh, You're well, one of them now. It's, yeah. It's a, Mar- okay. it's a Martinez at Nebraska, who would have thought. But it, it's the same situation there where you know what you have. I think uh, Husker fans did in Jebbia, which was a very, very talented quarterback that could throw the ball around the yard. But you didn't know what you had in, in Adrian Martinez, but you had heard the, the stories of, of how athletic he was and the plays he was making in practice. And what does he do? He comes in and wins the starting job, which I believe only other quarterback I can think of off the top of my head, true freshman starting quarterback at Nebraska starting from game one. That situation reminds me so much of this more. You know what Chubba is? Chubba's a, a fine, he's a serviceable quarterback based on what we saw at the end of the year. But you look at Dylan Raiola and the talent that he brings in here, I think it would be a competition through fall camp. But I think we all know, assuming Dylan is what we think he is, who ends up winning that job. That's that's the, the best way I can put it based on what we saw with the Taylor Martinez situation, the Adrian Martinez situation. 
You know who's got the upside. You know who's got the talent. And I think within the back of your mind, you know who's probably going to end up winning that quarterback job. Vogue's way in on this. I let's 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 put you uh, as the impromptu quarterback coach, because <laughs> that's also uh, likely on the horizon for Nebraska quarterback coach, five star Danny Kalen signing day Wednesday. Boom. Um, I think there's some things Chubba needs to, to work on, but man, I loved watching him play. I loved what he brought. I loved the dual part of what he brought, but when it comes to progressions in the Satterfield offense, um, that, that that's, that's what Nebraska was dealing with last year was, was limited quarterback ability from a reading a defense. It was all right, here's our first read. Let's throw it to the guy that's open versus some guys running open. Um, and, and I don't think as much t- training as Dylan Riola's had in his life with NFL dudes, great quarterback coaches. I mean, that's that's something he's more comfortable with. I think from a fit standpoint of reading defenses and scanning the field and, uh, of course, having time to do all this with the offensive line, uh, that's, that's just it. There's the turnover factor. And, you know, um, not all of them were on Chuba. He had a you know a, a handful of, of turnovers, but um, that that's the other part. Do we do we know how well Dylan Riola, if and when he becomes Nebraska's quarterback, can take care of the football compared to what's here? Yeah, that's always a big thing, especially with with freshmen or even you know part of this with Nebraska, not the Sims, but Harburg. I think is just a first time starter. Like, sure, if you've been there and you've been practicing for a while, you can get a little bit used to the speed of the game, but it's still different going in, going against a, a real Big Ten defense. Um, so I think you always worry about about that piece of it. Um, you know, I, if, I, if I'm fantasy Nebraska quarterbacks coach, I, I think I'm with, <laughs> I'm with Mark in that the ideal scenario is – you don't need Dylan Riola to be your day one starter. It's why, you know, early in the week when it looked like Nebraska might thread the thread the tidiest needle of all needles and get McCord and Riola, it was like it was set. It was like, okay, well, there's no pressure on Riola to come in. If like he's good enough, he's good enough. If he needs time, it's you know everybody compared it to the Arch Manning thing. It's it's the Arch Manning thing. Um, <clears throat> can you do that with? with a, a Chubba Purdy, potentially. Um, I mean, it would be kind of similar to that 2018 Clemson season where it's like, you know, Chubba's our starter. And, and if we get five, six games into this and it's obvious that, that Ryle is better, then Ryle is better. But it'd be nice not to, to have to pin all of that on him right away. It's part of why when he went committed to Georgia initially, I was like, well, that makes sense. It's like an entirely different context from being a five-star Riola at Nebraska versus just being one of six five stars at, at Georgia. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting on, on a lot of levels that way. Can, okay. Let's go a little bit deeper into the, into the film with Riola. And here's why I think he will not start early, but why, why I think he will later. When you look at how he deals with pressure, like pressure in his face, he deals with it like uncomfortably well. <laughs> so like if you're watching him in the pocket, 
like dudes are all over him. It doesn't phase him at all. To, and so to me, what it says is that has been an emphasis probably from dad of like, when you're back there, you got people blocking for you, you better not wuss out. Like you stand in there <laughs> and you deliver the damn ball, right? Like I'm serious. That's what it looks like. It Seriously. I mean, they're dudes, right? I mean, they're hanging on his leg and he's still got his eyes upfield. So those are like positive traits. Don't get me wrong. Like that will serve him well. But the speed and ferocity with which that will happen to him in college will take a little bit to get used to. And I think he I think he will be a turnover. He'll, he'll be a turnover risk until he adjusts to that. Because I mean, dude, he is he is hanging till the very last millisecond. And like he will take crushing hits. That is a good thing. But I think that stuff will be on him way too quick than what he's used to. Like you know what I'm saying? After watching him, Brandon, when, when you watch him, if you're to like, and that's not criticism, it's really not. It's just an observation of how he rolls and then trying to prognosticate how that'll be once he gets into the college game. But as you watch his film, does that stand out to you? Do other things stand out? What, what is it? What are some of your takeaways with him? Yeah, it does. It does feel like, um, and, and that's just kind of like the ultimate, I think, compliment you can, you can potentially pay, pay a quarterback. It looks like he had an offensive lineman for a dad. Like, you know, not just the like stand in there, yeah. but I also get a sense yeah. of like, hey, look, like these offensive linemen, I mean, okay, this is happening at a way different level at college and NFL than it is at high school, even high level high school. But it's like, you know, be consistent with like, if you're supposed to be five steps back, like be there because mm-hmm. uh, the offensive line, and it takes an offensive line to kind of, I think, offensive linemen to make you better be able to understand this as a 17 year old. It's like, we'll move guys behind you. Like, you know, we'll move guys in front of you and just get them out of your way, but like be where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So, so you do sense a a polish there that said, you know, looking towards Nebraska, 2024, none of these offensive linemen have blocked for, for that type of quarterback, kind of a a, more of a pure passer. Um, It's, it's different. It, It really is. And, I thought pass protection, I thought Nebraska took a step up front there, but and this would have been the case with McCord too. Um, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's a different, it, there's, there's subtle differences there that I think there, there would be an adjustment period. And with a, with a true freshman, no matter how, how good he is, like if it takes a couple games and you're back there taking those hits to your point, he, he's willing to, um, how, how long before it starts to wear on you? And I mean, you know, we, we talked about the five stars, like, we only have to go back to 2018 as, as Elijah sort of mentioned to the last time Nebraska started a true freshman quarterback. And, you know, it felt like Adrian was so good out of the gates in that Colorado game. Um, and, and really all season long was, was strong for a true freshman. Definitely was, was better than the average college quarterback that year. Um, but you could see like the wear and tear kind of, I think accumulates a little bit earlier the younger a player is. And that's probably true across mm. all positions. Vogues want to get your take on Sunday. Oh, yeah. as it's Nebraska, it's Texas. You don't get Wisconsin in the rubber match. That's fine. But you do get Texas size this up for me, man. What's your, your feel going in? Um, I, I think not having to deal with the, the baggage and familiarity of the Wisconsin thing is probably a, a slight bonus. Like, you know, if Wisconsin had, had won that match, um, 
you know, it, it would be exciting in a, in a different way, but you kind of get Nebraska, Texas, um, familiar foes, but foes that don't play, you know, play by chance for the most part um, at, at this stage. So, and it's, it's a different kind of thing. You know, Wisconsin's big, um, but kind of plays a Big Ten brand of volleyball. Texas is, is super explosive athletes all over, all over the court, as you'd expect. Um, they made it look kind of shockingly easy to me against Wisconsin and they did it from the service line. I mean, they had 11 aces and four sets. Um, that's probably, I mean, that's almost always the key. It's, it's, uh, as simple as like staying on schedule in football, whoever serves the best is, is probably going to win. Nebraska had five aces and it's three sets against Pitt. So it's not like it was, um, on an off night, but it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a big, big, tough opponent. Texas is, is pretty hot right now. I mean, I think they were the seventh overall seed coming into the tournament. So, and really one point away from losing in the regional semifinal. So that's a little bit dangerous when you're, when you're facing a team like that. Brendan, what do you make of the fact that they are putting volleyball up against the NFL on ABC? NFL is a juggernaut in America. I love that. What does that mean to you that in the year of our Lord, 2023, the powers that be have decided to put NCAA volleyball up against the NFL. And this is not a, a, a expecting volleyball to go get killed in ratings. I don't think, I think that means something about this sport and its growth this year. Yeah, it absolutely does. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge to, to put it on a, on a Sunday afternoon. I mean, all the coaches were asked about it this week, you know, like what's, you know, having this extra day. And, you know, I think both, uh, Nebraska and Texas was kind of like, yeah, it's, we don't know what exactly to do because we've never had it before. Um, so to put volleyball, I mean, it's, it's, it's a clear showcase for, for the sport and yeah, you're going up against professional football, which nobody ever wants to do, but let's, let's see what it can do. I mean, it, it it's finally, you know, I think the showcase befitting like how good this championship match is. And, you know, people will watch, I think, if you, if you tell people, like, yeah, this is it. They're deciding the champion of X sport in college. People will watch um, at, at greater numbers than they do normally. But volleyball is a, a really fun, exciting sport to watch. So I expect it to do do pretty well ratings-wise. Brandon Vogel with us as we get set for Nebraska and Texas on Sunday in the uh, national t- national championship game for volleyball. After watching Nebraska in this tournament, um, what strikes you in terms of maybe what Nebraska has added and or what they're exhibiting? I'll just share kind of one of my things. I feel like the, their level of sophistication has just increased, like especially like a Merritt Beeson. She was like toying with them with her serve in, in set three last time. They just seem like – I mean, it's one thing to say you're playing at another level, but it's another thing to say – I mean, it really did appear like 4D chess versus you're over there playing Connect Four. Like, it was just so they were so comprehensively better at like every spot. Um, that's what stands out to me is it just it really feels like they are playing at such an elite high level that man, if you're if you're going against them, you better be comprehensively ready to go. Yeah, they can they can they can find a weakness and, and figure out a way to to exploit it. They're very malleable, and I would say the thing that jumps out to me about the tournament is okay. 
Nebraska only lost one match all season. So they, they came in at a pretty high level. Yeah. But some of their best players have, have even elevated as the stakes have gone up. Uh, Beeson being the first one who comes to mind. Uh, she had four aces, four Nebraska's five aces against Pitt. Two two of them were just like absolute gems. Um, <laughs> it's, she, she's playing at a super high level. Becca Alec, who's sort of the, the emotional center of this team, I think, has had two of her best matches in the regional final and then the NCAA semifinal. So if you can keep getting those, uh, nice Jonathan, if you can keep getting those type of performances, Lexi Rodriguez is as steady as they come. Oh, you know, yeah. Pitt, Pittsburgh's coach was kind of lamenting how often they served her in that third set, and, and Nebraska ended up hitting over 400 uh, to, to put that match away. And and that's kind of kind of how it goes. I mean, it's it's not the sexiest thing to talk about, but there's a reason John Cook talks about serving pass all the time. It's it's how these games are decided. One more thing, Brandon, just in terms of the level of talent, maybe for folks that don't follow volleyball as closely, but are just like, cool, the volleyball team's winning, let's go watch them, right? I, I view it as they have, if I was to to guess, I see like four potential Olympians on this team Maybe more. I want to see where you're at with that. So Lexi's a shoe in to me. Like she, Lexi will compete for the United States of America in the Olympics. I can say that with all certainty. Then I think Harper Murray's a serious candidate. I think Riley's a serious candidate. I think Andy Jackson's a serious candidate. And then I think Beeson, really. I mean, literally, I think you have five bona fide like Olympians on a roster at one time. At Nebraska right now. But you're, you you're going up against two at Texas that could be Olympians in their own right in Asia O'Neill and Skinner. You have two that oh, have a very, very good, uh, yeah. very, very good case yeah. for Team USA in their own right. Like, the way I see Sunday is it has potential to be one of those, those matches that goes down in volleyball history, not just because of how great the matchup is and how great the teams are, but because of the, the window that it's in. Being on an NFL Sunday, what it can do for the sport – Sunday has a feeling of being one of those potentially uh, – what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, Monumental. Clash of legends before their time, right? Sure. Like, like one of those moments <laughs> that you look back on in volleyball history as being like, that's a moment the sport changed. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it could. And I think that's a good way to look at it when you tally up all the potential future Olympians on the court on Sunday, uh, it's going to be a, and I mean, there's players on both sides who, you know, at the, at the lower age levels already have international experience playing for, yeah. for the U S national team, Bergen Riley, um, being, being one of them, I think to, to Mark's point behind Lexi, which I agree, it's just like, yeah, we just, we're just waiting for, just sign for, her up. For, for yeah. sign her up. Um, yeah. I think Bergen Riley's probably, probably your next, top option um based on what we've seen she's only a true freshman so is murray i think i think a player like murray is at nebraska to become that type of player that that six rotation player as a hitter um she's got some things to work on uh you know in terms of the back row stuff teams really she's had some good ups in the tournament though she she has um yeah. it, teams she's still kind of and i mean it's it's all relative right but like teams teams tend to target her um yeah. In, in the serve and that'll change as, as she grows and matures as a player. She's already really high um, at, a, at a really high level. And yeah, you wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me, you know, Beeson super skilled um, can play the six rotations. I think she, she would be in the mix. And then 
it's we'll see i mean it's just it's to 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 elijah's point like it's it's really about as as good as it can get in terms of like pure volleyball talent but also kind of pure volleyball brendan vogel counter read counter at brandon l vogel on twitter folks tell folks about counter read how they get a hold of it and what's going on with you yeah, you can visit us at, at counterread.com. That's a substack from myself and Aaron Sorensen. Um, we put out two, two subscriber-exclusive newsletters a week, do a couple of, of free things as, as well every now and again. But if you want to read more of my thoughts on, on Nebraska-Texas volleyball, that, that newsletter went out to subscribers just this morning. Um, if you want to sign up for a free trial first, you can, you can check it out and get access to read that. But we are also, through at least the end of tomorrow, uh, we said we were going to run the steal as long as Nebraska was in the NCAA tournament, and, and they made it to the end. So we are offering 20% off an annual subscription nice. if you if you want to sign up now at, at counterread.com. Vogues, appreciate you. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, we'll check in next week. Okay, man. All right, guys, have a good one. There he Thanks, is, Brandon, Brandon Vogel.